Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Catholics with Bibles, the podcast dedicated to empowering Catholics to read, interpret, and pray with sacred scripture with the eyes of faith and reason. I'm your host, Chase Krauss. Let's dive in. What up, everybody? Welcome to Catholics with Bibles. Super excited you're joining us here, whether you're listening or watching, whatever the case may be. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, For those that are just jumping in for the first time here on Catholics with Bibles, we usually start with a Greek or Hebrew word of the day and then get into whatever biblical topic uh, that we're talking about. Sometimes we go through Bible studies. Sometimes we just talk about um, biblical interpretation from a Catholic perspective. Uh, Basically, you know, the point of this podcast is to present scripture with an authentically Catholic lens, but to present it with a method C. So that's, uh, we walk with Joseph Ratzinger, AKA Pope Benedict, um, basically saying how we can read scripture with the eyes of faith, but using critical literary tools like the historical critical method in order that we may learn as much as possible from scripture because ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ after all. Uh, but for the past couple of weeks, we've been doing something a little bit different. So if this is your first time joining in, uh, we are diving, we're kind of three weeks into this, our third week of our Theology of the Body mini series. Um, the first week we kind of talked about the hermeneutic of gift, what that was, what's hermeneutic. Uh, last week we dove into Genesis one and how man is defined by our relationship with God, uh, because we were made in the image and likeness of God, as it says in Genesis one, and that's the Elohim source or sorry, the priestly source. And then, uh, today we'll be actually diving into uh, Genesis two. Um, and so the disclaimer that I've made in every episode, and I'm going to make it again here now, um, if you are looking for an exhaustive study of theology of the body, this is not that. Uh, basically, my goal is to go chapter by chapter with uh, Pope uh, Saint John, Pope Saint John Paul II, um, as he walks through, but not getting into nearly as much detail as he does. It's just impossible with a you know twenty to thirty minute podcast to do that. Um, but also, I, I want to present this um, still within the lens of. Uh, Catholic biblical criticism, because that's essentially what man and woman, he created them is. For those who don't know, Theology of the Body from the book, Man and Woman, He Created Them, A Theology of the Body. Uh, And if you're listening to this, you didn't just see me pick up the book and show it to the camera, but that's what I did. Um, And so we'll be diving into Genesis 2 today. uh, And man, y'all, there is is so, so much here in Genesis 2 um, that we're going to talk about, that we could talk about, that people have talked about. Um, but, uh, like I said, I'm kind of, I'm being a little picky and choosy. So if you've actually read men and we created them, you're going to know like, whoa, you just skipped a whole bunch and just know that I know that I know, and I know that you know that I know and that's okay. Um, but we're going to start with our Hebrew word of the day because we're in the old Testament. And while the old Testament uh, was eventually translated into Greek, it was originally written in Hebrew, uh, most of it at least. And so the, we have, we actually have three Hebrew words of the day that we're going to talk about a lot. They're really important. Uh, the first is Adam. Uh, Adam is the is the Hebrew word for man or husband, um, and then we have Ish and Isha. So Ish uh, is the Hebrew word for male, and then Isha is the is the Hebrew word for female. Right. So those are gonna be three really important words that uh, Pope Saint John Paul II is going to talk about. We're going to see here in Genesis two. Uh, but before we can talk about Genesis two, we have to read Genesis two. Um, and so we let's dive in here. Uh, if you're listening to this, cool. If you're watching this, maybe read along. Uh, as always, I'm using the RSV. So if you have the RSV, uh, the Ignatius uh, Holy Bible, um, that's what I use for my Old Testament studies. And in, in RSV, super good. You know, whatever. If you have a Bible, just follow along. Um, and if you don't, all good. You can always Google the Bible on your phone, by the way. 
It's free on the Googles. On the Googles. Um, anyway, so Genesis 2, we read, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it, God rested from all his work, which he had done in creation. Okay, so pausing right here. Even though that's the beginning of Genesis 2, that's actually the end of the priestly source. So like last week, we talked about source criticism a little bit um, and how there's Genesis 1 and 2 probably come from two different sources. At least it's one theory. It's a decent theory. Um, it's one that JP2 holds, at least. Um, and so that's, even though you either remember that chapters and verses were added like a couple hundred years after Christ, right? So just keep that in mind. Okay, we continue in verse 4. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and, it, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pishan. It is the one which flows from the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Bedillium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one which flows from the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you shall die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for himself. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every beast of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper fit for himself. So Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. When the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man leaves his father and his mother and cleaves to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Okay, a lot there, tons there, tons there. Okay, we're gonna zoom in on a few things, but before we zoom in on it, remember the context of where JP2 is when he's and the man when he created them. In the very beginning, right? He, in the very beginning, that's, that's ironic. If you know why it's ironic, Maybe you chuckled with me. Anyway, you're about to, about to know why. Uh, but in the beginning of Men and Women, he created them. Uh, we start in Matthew's gospel when the Pharisees and scribes uh, 
you know, asks Jesus about Moses' law of divorce. And Jesus appeals to the beginning. He says, in the beginning, it was not so, right? And so we're still in this context of, you know, JP2 with Jesus answering this question. And so in the first half of Jesus' response is, you know, Genesis 1, that priestly source, that answer. And then in the second half is, is at the end of verse or chapter 2 here, it says, therefore, a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife. Um, so JP2 then starts talking about this idea of man's original solitude. Um, so man's original solitude. And in light of man's original solitude, we also have we find him in a state of original innocence. Um, and so original solitude, original innocence, you know, what does all this mean? Um, and, you know, one thing I think it's prudent to know is that when you read the Bible, there are certain texts that you have to say that this is, now you don't have to say, but are we read as uh, historical, literal events. Uh, this, this story of Adam and Eve isn't necessarily one of those stories. Um, now, in, as a Catholic, you have to believe that there was like a first man and a first woman. Like that just, it's almost a logical confuse, confu- conclusion that there had to be a first man and a first woman. Um, but was his name like actually Adam? Was her name actual Eve? Um, maybe, maybe not, right? Um, so the, this story... There's people that say it's, it's, it should be written as like almost writ, uh, read as like wisdom literature. Uh, did this literally happen in this way? Uh, maybe, maybe not. But as a Catholic, we we do we have to hold that at one point when man was first created, he was created good, right? Because God says you were created and created very good. Um, and then at some point we fell. At some point, right? Uh, we chose sin and death over God. Um, we're not going to get into that too much. Um, you know, people talk about like evolution as Catholics. What forms of evolution can we believe? What can we not believe? Um, it's kind of funny. There's some non-Catholics who, you know, say, you know, they say, hey, I, I, I don't come from no monkey. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like the Bible says, like, I came from dirt. And like, just thinking about that, it's like, well, I don't know if dirt's necessarily better than a monkey, but I mean, maybe it is. But anyway, um, even if like microevolution, uh, if that theory does hold, at some point as a Catholic, you still have to say, even if we evolved from a primitive form of mankind, um, at some point God intervened and stepped in and breathed a rational soul in, right? Um, so all that being said, uh, we read this through, once again, through the eyes of faith, knowing that inspired scripture is truly inspired, but also with our historical literary tools um, at our disposal. So basically you can totally believe as a Catholic that Adam and Eve, like this is like a literal historical story. This happened in, in history at a certain time. Um, you can also believe that this is rather a symbolic story teaching uh, divine truths. Cool. Um, if you have any questions about that, we can talk more. Uh, I don't want to tell you my stance on it because it's not really important. I just want to present those things. Um, so going back to the text, we find Adam, Adam, man, in this state of original solitude, right? In the state of original solitude. And there's a, there's a positive and there's a negative dimension to this. Well, what's the positive? Well, the positive dimension is that man was alone with God, right? So in man's original solitude, he found himself totally alone, face-to-face with God, walking with God in the cool of the night, right? And 
in that sense, he's, he's still in the state of original innocence, right? And the original innocence, being alone with God, you know, haven't, he, he hadn't ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil yet. So he's in the state of original innocence, state of original solitude with God. And, you know, Eden is, is symbolically like heaven on earth, right? Heaven on earth. And it's, it's, a, it's a state of goodness and of bliss. Yet at the same time, God points out, not that God didn't know this, right? But it's in the sake of the story. It says, it is not good that man should be alone, right? It's not good that Adam, man, should be alone. So he creates animals, right? And, and this is when it gets interesting and in, in with the theology of the body is that uh, in, in a certain sense, even with the animals, Adam is still alone. This is the negative side of original solitude. He, he realizes and he comes to a sense of knowledge that he is alone. And this is something that JP2 points out is that Adam, Adam, man, notices a few things here. One of the primary things is that he recognizes for the first time that he can think, that he knows that he is thinking. He knows that he is aware. And in doing so, recognizes that he is distinct from the animals around him. And what does that knowledge come from? It comes from the body. So one of the things that we have to kind of, I think, reconquer as Catholics or re-understand as Catholics, uh, the Descartesian idea of um, I, I think, therefore I am, is not a Catholic philosophical uh, disposition that you can have as a Catholic. It, it, it causes a lot of problems. Why? Because you don't think, therefore you know. You don't start in your mind and then all of a sudden can know you're thinking just by staying in your mind. No, as humans, we learn through the senses. I mean, just, just think about it, right? How did you learn a math? How did you learn math? Just think of math, right? Math is a very abstract thing. It doesn't actually occur in, re, in like the physical world. Yet, you had to at one point see or touch one thing, two things. And in that sense, you can say one plus, you, know, you bring the two things together. Or even like watching your teacher write on the, on the chalkboard, right? You see and the, the information enters through your ears, through your eyes, through your sense of touch, your taste. And so men, hum, humans, we learn through our bodies. We are not just, we're not angels, right? We can't just, you know, all of a sudden look at something and totally know what it is uh, because we're totally spiritual beings. No, no, no. We learn through experience. It's called experiential knowledge, right? Experiential knowledge. We learn through our bodies. And Adam, for the first time, does this. He senses and thinks. He sees and contemplates, right? Uh, this is Aristotelian, Thomas Aquinas uh, talks about this as well. And it's a sense of, you know, uh, it's called, uh, you know, abstraction, where, you know, when you're a kid, uh, you see your neighbor walking their dog. Say they have a black lab. Cool. Uh, and then you go to the park and you see some stranger walking their chihuahua. Well, they look different, right? They, they, a black lab and a chihuahua, don't, they don't look the same. Yet at the same time, you know, there's similarities there, right? Um, and so as you grow, you keep seeing these different types of dogs. And by seeing these different types of dogs, you can recognize that dogs are individual, 
Yet at the same time, you have this idea of dogness, right? Of a dog. So that way, let's say I fly to Africa and I see a species of dog I've never seen before. I can still say dog, still a dog. And it works the same with, with people, right? As, as babies, as toddlers, as children, you see your mom and your dad, your brothers and sisters, and you see them, you talk to them, you, you listen to them, and you acknowledge them as, as, a, as a person, right? As a human being. Um, and then, but all of a sudden you see, a family friend or a family member come in or whatever, a stranger, and you say, wow, you look different than dad, but you're still, I can tell that you're a man um, or I tell you're a woman or whatever. And so that's an abstraction, right? So there's a manness or a, a humanness that you're abstracting from. And that's what Adam does here for the first time. He abstracts from his experience. He's abstracting from his senses, acknowledging and understanding for the first time that yes, he stands in, in original solitude with God, but he's also standing in original solitude apart from the animal kingdom around him. And so in, in that sense too, he can also look at his own body and see this, right? So, I mean, if you just think about the, 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 the male body and male genitalia, we don't make sense by ourselves. You, we just don't. And, and, and women work the same way. And we're gonna get into this a little bit later on, um, not to have any spoiler alerts or anything, but if you just look at man's body or look at a woman's body, they don't make sense in isolation. They don't. They're clearly oriented towards another. And so going back to the, uh, Genesis 2 here, we start with this word Adam, 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 which is the we, English Adam. In, in Hebrew, it's just man, right? Um, it could also mean like Lord. Uh, but anyway, it's only... After God caused the deep sleep to fall on the man, Adam, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed it in his place. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from the Ish, he made into an Isha. So Ish is male, Isha, female. So another thing we're, we're deducing from just the wording of this text and St. Paul, I say we, that JP2 did, um, is that man is male in relation to woman who is female, right? So our masculinity or our femininity is relational. It's only masculine, a male insofar as a woman is female. That being said, can men have feminine traits or can a woman have, have masculine traits? Well, yeah, sure. Um, it's, it's not, you know, totally, uh, exclusive, but just by the nature of our bodies, we are masculine in relationship to the feminine of uh, the femininity of women. Right. And so for the first time, Ish, Adam, Adam says, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called Isha woman. Right. Um, because she was taken out of Ish, man. Therefore, a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So this is still in the state of original innocence, right? Uh, Genesis 3, which we're going to talk about uh, next week, is we get into that state of um, sinfulness, right? The fallen nature. So we have this relationship of, of male versus female, but male in relationship to female, it's not a competitive thing, but rather the two 
complement each other, right? So what what's the first thing that happens after uh, women was uh, Eve was created, Isha was created? They came together and the two became one flesh because for the first time, Adam seeing his body, seeing the body of Eve says, finally, I know who I am. You know, JP2 talks about this, this search, Adam's search for his identity. You know, throughout this Genesis 2, we see, you know, okay, you know, Adam's created, he, he stands in solitude with God, but he knows he's not God. He knows God is totally other. Okay, well, then animals were created and he names them and he has lordship over them. He, can, he you know, has dominion over them. Great, awesome. But they're still, you know, they're not, he's not the same thing. He's searching for who he is. He's, he's alone. It's a negative sense of solitude. Yet, finally, when woman is created, Adam literally sings a song. You know, it's an ancient poetry, so it sounds weird to us, but, you know, at last, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman. That moment when uh, your camera decides to stop recording near the end of a podcast. Uh, but anyway, it, so like I was saying, um, it's, it's this idea of Adam finding total joy because at last he knows who he is. He knows his body makes sense for the first time. It's he is male because his wife Eve was female. He is man because his wife Eve was woman. He, he's coming to this deeper understanding of finally, I make sense. Finally, I know who I am because I've discovered it through relationship. Uh, and, and this is just, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's just a beautiful, beautiful passage because, you know, everyone's searching, right? We're all searching for who we are, who, who, are, who are we supposed to be, right? I mean, most of adolescents and you know, unfortunately a lot of adults too are, have this weird, you know, uh, almost obsessive search for, for who they are, who their identity, who they're made, meant to be. Uh, and that's good. And there's some, there's some goodness to that. But at the same time, this whole like you do you boo boo um, attitude that a lot of people have of, of or, you know, it, it's not a Catholic or Christian one because we're the, the scripture tells us and our faith tells us, no, you, you don't do you right. Um, you're not your own person. It's, you don't just discover yourself by doing whatever you want. No, we find ourselves through who we learn that we are in relationship with, namely God and others, right? Namely God and our, and our vocation, right? Um, and JPC is going to talk about, you know, what about celibacy and, you know, the church and all these things later on, we're not going to get into it now, but at this, at, you know, just focusing on this passage, it's, it's finding that total joy with Adam of, finally, I know who I am. I'm a beloved son of the father because I've been alone with God and that's so good. But at the same time, I have a body and I've been confused by it because my body doesn't make sense in isolation. But at last bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, my body finally makes sense. I'm a son of God meant to be given over to this woman, right? And this is what Jesus is referring to in the beginning. You know, Jesus doesn't like divorce. Jesus says, no, divorce is not okay. It's only because of the hardness of your heart that Moses allowed it. God did not allow it. Moses allowed it because of the hardness of your heart. But in the beginning, it was not so. Man is made for woman, woman made for man. 
and the two shall become one flesh. No longer two, but one, right? In a very physical, literal way, as well as spiritually. So uh, this is just a really quick, uh, deep, uh, quick dive into original solitude, uh, original innocence, uh, Genesis 2. Uh, next time we'll be diving into Genesis 3, um, looking at original unity as well, um, which is you know still Genesis 2 as well. Um, and yeah, so hope you've been enjoying these uh, the- Theology of the Body mini-series. Thank you so much again for joining me on Catholics with Bibles. If you have not subscribed to our St. Teresa YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe, like, comment below. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast on Apple uh, or yeah, Apple, Apple Podcast or Spotify, please subscribe. Uh, leave a review. It helps people find us as well. Because right now when you type in Catholics with Bibles, our, we're definitely not the first thing that comes up. So give us a review, give us a like, subscribe, and we'll see you next time on Catholics with Bibles. God bless. Uh, all right, y'all. As always, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you're enjoying this mini series on theology of the body. If you have any questions or anything you want to talk about on the show, feel free to holler. I'd love to talk about it. Until then, y'all, God bless. See you next time.